You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drop Podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, uh, let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr. We know that the fan base was very excited about this signing uh, in the summertime uh, he was signed to, I believe it was $15 million deal, but could go up to as much as $18 million. Um, and so thus far, uh, it's been underwhelming, if we'd like to say, you know, at best. He's missed a couple of games, first and foremost. Um, but then also, overall, he's had 14 receptions for 162 yards and still has yet to have one touchdown as of yet. Now, we saw him be very uh, animated on Sunday um, after one of the past interferences uh, that did get called, by the way, uh, against the Arizona's Cardinal player. Um, But also, you know, you could tell the frustration was there in terms of like him wanting to score. And I saw a lot of discourse about this um, in social media. I don't necessarily have an issue with him being upset about it. You know, he's a competitive guy. He wants to play. Um, But ultimately, he's still trying to find that first touchdown that just hasn't happened yet. So when you see uh, Odell's production thus far, um, as underwhelming as it is, Uh, Do you feel like that there could potentially be some turnaround in the second half of the season? Because when you look at this schedule, it is definitely heavy and they're going to need all the wide receiver help that they can get. Yeah. I mean, they, they definitely will. And um, this is it at this point, you know, um, this is the roster going forward. So I I do think that they're going to need more from the receivers in general. Um, But that includes Odell. Odell's not playing as good as he would like, I'm sure what they would like. But honestly, I think that while the fans and and I think everybody had higher expectations for Odell than what we've gotten to this point. um, I think the Ravens idea coming into the season was, 
whatever they can get from him, they'll take. You know, um, if he can stay relatively healthy, then that's a win in their book. If he can be on the field, make a couple of timely catches for them, which he hasn't been able to do for the most part through the first, what, eight games of the season. Um, but it's still a lot of season left. Uh, you imagine his team will be in a postseason. So if he's healthy, I think at some point he will have the game that everybody's looking for him to have. Um, I do think his role with the team right now is not the best for him or the team. I think he's used outside a little too much for my liking. Um, I think he's obviously more, more productive at the slot receiver. Um, but I also think that this team, like I think it'll benefit him and the team to move him more into the slot. And I think it'll benefit the team to go with more of Rashad Bateman, uh, you know, and less Odell Beckham these days. I, I think Bateman's showing signs of heating up, but not getting a lot of opportunities. And clearly on Sunday in Arizona, they wanted to get Beckham a big play. He's got his family in the stands. His son is out there. Um, it's a, and I understand it. I, I totally do. But at the end of the day, their offense didn't look good on Sunday, the passing offense, at least. And for the most part this year, that's the, the passing game has been there for them. Despite all the inconsistencies on the offense, the passing game has been there more than not. And Sunday, it wasn't really showing up um, the way that it has in the past. And some of that was due to the game plan of the Cardinals and the Ravens kind of being one dimensional in the first half. Um, but I, I, I do think Rashad Bateman deserves to get more opportunities. I think he'll open it up, open the offense up more because they do need some down the field plays at some point. And Bateman is a guy that can get that off the first read. Um, Beckham right now, I think I, when they signed him, I thought that they'd be a problem in the middle of the field, be, assuming that they'd have him in a slot because right. I thought with Andrews doing what he does. And then you have Beckham, who's such a good route runner and wins early in his routes. I just thought that they terrorized the middle of the field. Um, and that hasn't been the case, at least with Beckham and Andrews together. So I, I think they would. I think they would benefit from a change in game plan of how they use him going forward. But also I'm not, let's, let's also not pretend like a large part of the reason that Beckham was the highest paid wide receiver in free agency this offseason wasn't to recruit Lamar. I Absolutely. Mean, I, that, that, and if that's the case, that's a win already because that worked. Now that probably could have happened with D hop as well. Um, mm -hmm. and probably get, more production who knows but you probably get more production i would say yeah i would think that but but still you get you get lamar signed long term eventually i do think beckham will show up on the field yeah i do think that you, we have to look at this signing as not only something that they wanted on the field but it was a political move as well you already mentioned the situation with Lamar and trying to get him back into the fold with the Ravens and them making an attempt to get Odell and, you know, and, and DeAndre Hopkins was a way to get Lamar back into um, the Ravens good graces, understandably so, because, you know, he hasn't had the best wide receiver talent prior to coming in this year. So I understand 
um, the move by it. And, and, and I also understand the move in terms of politics of trying to get him the ball because he is making a lot of money this year too. So you want the investment to actually pan out and you're trying to make that work. But I agree that I'm not really sure that they're putting him in the best situations. I definitely think that Bateman deserves the right to continue to be outside. Zay, you can move around. You can flex him outside. But you can put him in a slot. But Zay, to me, can be an outside receiver and, and does well. And I think that at this stage in his career, Odell would be best suited if he did play more slot um in, in slot situations than outside situations so you know maybe that's something that Todd Monken will look into you know in the second half of the season because you know their schedule doesn't get any you know easier it gets harder you're going to need your passing game to be in sync of some sort so you're going to have to move some parts around and that means that moving Odell into the best situation for not only him but for this offense to be executed as well um I do. Yes, this is an underwhelming signing. Uh, I don't I don't in terms of on the field presence. I mm -hmm. think that that's something that we can um, acknowledge at this moment. That being said, um, there's more games to be played. There are nine more games that are going to be played down the stretch. And at some point, I'm sure Odell will have a game that makes people say, this is the Odell that we remember. I mean, and I'm hopeful of that because he is a good football player. And at one time he was one of the greater wide receivers in the league. Um, so I'm not giving up on Odell, but I'm also with you in the fact that Bateman is now getting his confidence back. He's, you know, he had a phenomenal catch that probably should have been an interception in the game against the Cardinals on Sunday. It's time for him to start getting more passes thrown his way because he's earned it. And I think that that's, you know, something that the Ravens have to start doing and not thinking about the political aspect or trying to appease anyone in terms of getting balls thrown in their direction because ultimately winning the football game is the goal. Yeah, and look, I wouldn't even just stop there at Bateman. Like, Nelson Aguilar has oh, been for sure. this year as well. I wouldn't be upset if he got more opportunities over Odell Beckham right now. And I, I, I feel you as well, like you said. I mean, this dude has paid a nice amount. You want to get something out of that on the field, especially while you have them healthy. Um, but if it's not there, it's not there. And I, I think Aguilar has shown he can make something happen on some of the down the field catches. He also had that screenplay that had popped a couple of weeks ago. Um, Bateman, like I said, I mean, he, he has had his negative plays this year as well, without question. Um, but I, it does seem like he is starting to get into a rhythm and it's just tough to sustain that rhythm if you're only getting two targets a game. I yep. mean, is that's that that has to change. And I think for Beckham, less may be more, you know, mm -hmm. le less opportunities may make him more efficient, kind of in the same way that it's done for Nelson Aguilar. So I, I, I think Beckham can still play. Like I saw, I mean, just I, I don't want to act like I didn't see a lot of uh, positive things from Beckham throughout throughout camp. I mean, yeah. throughout camp, he was their best receiver on the field. And I'm not just talking about on some of the short to intermediate routes. I mean, he, he was winning on some deep balls as mm -hmm. well. And, I mean, and still to this day, to this day, he'll win in practice on, on some of those deep balls. But I don't know what it is that when it gets to the game, it's just not there for him. It's not yeah. there for him. And Harv said it on Monday that teams recognize Odell. They see number three. They don't want to 
let him go off. And I, I can understand that. Um, but I, I just feel like if that's the case, if he really is demanding that type of attention, then it should be somebody else getting involved. Getting open. Yep, absolutely. So we'll see how this goes. You know, we'll see. We'll be following uh, Odell moving along in the second half of the season. Because, again, uh, when you start looking at the schedule for the Ravens, um, it does get complex. And they have one of the hardest schedules moving forward. So they're going to need him um, down the line at some point. And we'll see um, how he responds to that type of uh, reaction that the Ravens are going to need from him moving forward. All right, Cordell. So, of course, one of the bigger conversations being had is trade deadline was Tuesday at 4 p.m. and the Ravens did not get anyone. Now, I don't know if you follow any of us on uh, Twitter. I'm trying to get Cordell to move over to the flock side (laughs) because, as you guys know, Cordell is uh, a DC dude, so you know he's a Commanders fan. Uh, but you know he tried to tell us Chase Young wouldn't get moved, but you know Chase Young did get moved. Now he yeah. did not come to the Ravens. Went to San Francisco uh, for a conditional third round pick, uh, from my understanding. Montez Sweat also got moved to the Chicago Bears for a second round pick. A um, couple of guys that I think Ravens fans were interested in, and then of course. Uh, I think the bigger one was Josh Jacobs as as we started moving along after the Derrick Henry news, which, by the way, I wanted Josh Jacobs over Derrick Henry anyway, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, and it appears that the Davis family was not or the GM was not answering phones yesterday. But now we realize maybe it was because he was being fired. Uh, as he and the head coach Josh McDaniels are no longer for the Las Vegas Raiders. So uh, lots of conversation about it. I don't think a lot of fans were happy about it, Um, but I don't think that the Ravens didn't try. You know, I I do think that they, they, they went out there and made some attempts and just was unsuccessful, but is that not enough? Cordell, do you feel like that something had to be done or was it just, okay, we're just adding a piece to the already good, almost done puzzle that's had right now? Yeah. I I mean, I didn't feel like they had to make a move at the deadline, nor did I think that they would, to be honest with you. And uh, like, even for some of the past rushers, like Sweat and Chase Young, Sweat, I thought went for a pretty good value to get a a high second round pick from the Bears. That's pretty good value. Chase going in the third, a comp third to the Niners. I mean, it is what it is at, at that point. But I, I feel like the Ravens weren't in on those guys and guys like Daniel Hunter um, as well, because you're going to have to pay these dudes after yep. this year. And Montez Sweat, I think, is going to demand a nice chunk of change. Chase Young, maybe not so much, but in, in my mind, why would you pay a guy like Chase Young over Matt Abike or Patrick Queen or some of your own good defensive players that are in a contract year? That that was kind of my own thinking as to why I thought the Ravens wouldn't be as aggressive at the deadline. If these if they were getting controllable guys, it'd be a different topic. Um, but I, I just think right now they're in the process of potentially losing key players of their own young players. Um, So I I just feel like the Ravens way is to pay their own before they're going to pay somebody else outside, especially considering Patrick Queen is having a good year. Justin Matabike is having a good, a good year. Geno Stone is having a good year. So 
I, I mean, I, I just think they have their own issues in house that they want to take care of. Josh Jacobs would have been a good one. Um, I think him or Derrick Henry or Saquon would have been good additions to the Ravens, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I think Jacobs and Saquon fit their offense more. Um, but I think Derrick Henry would would definitely open it up. I mean, good luck stopping any RPO with Lamar and Derrick Henry. My goodness. And then you and then you have to stack the box. And so that leaves guys like Zay Flowers really in some one-on-one situations. Mark Andrews could kill in play action. So I, I just thought any of those running back, I mean, those would have been the best running backs maybe Lamar's played with to this point. I mean, J.K. Dobbins is a talented guy, but we just never really got to see him play at the level that those dudes ha- have played at. But ultimately, like I said, I, I'm not surprised that the Ravens stay pat. I think that they did try to make something happen because EDC does love to trade. Um, and I know that there was back and forth on social media about the Josh Jacobs situation and stuff. I mean, I, I, I'll just say they've shown if they like a guy, they'll they'll trade trade cap, uh, a draft capital for that player if they truly like them. So um, I, the running back position is so weird nowadays yeah. anyway, uh, that you do got to be careful about giving away draft capital, especially high draft capital for that position. Um, but I, again, I don't blame, I'm, I'm not upset with them not making any moves. I think in the case of Chase Young, the argument would have been, well, if you are giving away, you know, a third round pick and then Chase Young leaves, you're probably going to get a compensatory pick for him, which I think is okay. I, if you're, if you're using a guy for a rental, I'm, and you're going to essentially get back what you gave. I don't have a problem with that. The Josh Jacobs situation, I think it's a little bit more complex because I mean, there's been rumors, obviously, unconfirmed reports that um, the Ravens, uh, that excuse me, the Raiders wanted a second round pick for Josh Jacobs, and that's not, you know, nobody was trying to get give the Raiders, you know, a second round pick. And I think that that's a little bit more complex because if Josh Jacobs leaves, because he is only only on a one year deal with the Raiders, you're probably not getting a third. You know, you're probably going to get a fourth or fifth because that's just the value of running backs anyway. You know what I mean? So it it doesn't feel like it's an even keel in that regard. Um, But ultimately, uh, I do think that you know, if you had an opportunity to bring in a guy and then if that guy went left in free agency um, and you were going to get the pick back, it's something that you should consider. I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at. I'm not really tripping on the Montez Sweat thing because like you, I agree that the Bears are probably going to sign Montez as opposed to the Ravens weren't going to do that anyway. Um, the Bears have the, the money, they have the cap space to do it. And they also had a better draft pick to give away because they're not good right now so their second round pick is really like a late first at this point mm-hmm. uh, but ultimately I'm not disappointed I mean my thing is is that you, you, yes I would have loved to have a guy like Josh Jacobs I would have loved to, to see him and and to, it is to my understanding that Josh Jacobs wanted to come to Baltimore very badly uh, but you know ultimately he doesn't run the show around there and whoever runs the show they are a very incompetent uh, group of people over there in Vegas to the point where a couple people lost their jobs. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, but there's other moves that could be made as well, Cordell. Like we heard Sue talk about, you know, he might be trying to come back. And I don't know how 
impactful you think that he'd be. But I mean, I, I do think that a guy of his stature could, he's not going to be a third down, uh, every three down guy anyway. So he's going to be put in certain situations. And I think that he'd be just fine um, in that regard. So all is not lost, I guess, that I, I don't think. And I think in terms of the running back situation, it's not that they don't think that the running backs that they have are good, but we also have to acknowledge the fact that Gus has had some injuries. And I think you just don't want to run Gus down to the ground. And that's probably why they were looking into bringing a running back into the fold. And I also don't think it's disrespectful to say that the, all of those backs that the Ravens could have gone and traded for the three that we mentioned um, are upgrades over Gus Edwards without question they're upgrades. And if you can get an upgrade at a position when you truly do believe that you're a Super Bowl contender, you should do that. It's not like if they got any of those guys that Gus Edwards would just be uh, wiped off the face of the earth. They would still use him. Um, but yeah, those are all clear upgrades over Gus Edwards. I would be okay with that. It's not like they're going out there trading for Kenneth Gainwell, thinking that he's going to be the one to take over uh, for Gus Edwards. Like it, the, those are all pro bowlers, all pro types of running backs that we were talking about. So it's no shame in that. I would also say, like you mentioned with Indomitian Sue potentially being um, a second half acquisition. I look at some of these guys on this team that may end up being, may end up having a bigger uh, contribution to the team in the second half of the season than they do right now. Those are almost like trade deadline acquisitions. I mentioned, um, Rashad Bateman. If Rashad Bateman really gets more involved in the second half and really starts to look like the receiver that they've been hoping that he can be, that's as good as trading for a wide receiver. You, If, if you get guys like David Ajabo and those guys back and, and they start actually doing something out there, I mean, that's just as good as, as trade acquisition. So I think that they like what they have and they like the 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 idea of some of the these injured guys coming back um and and they look at that as like kind of what they could get on the open market without obviously giving anything up yep I, I agree with you. So, I mean, I know you guys are disappointed that you wanted to see some moves being made, but I, I, for perspective, right? Um, Kansas City, Buffalo did trade for a cornerback, but they that's because they needed one because they lost one, but it wasn't a splash. It wasn't a, a, a huge sl- splash. None of the, the top teams in the AFC made big trades. So uh, none of, nobody really upgraded, if you think about this. So um, a lot of teams stayed foot. And I understand you're saying, well, th- but we're not them and we, we want to get better. And I completely understand that. I'm just making the point that um, your competition um, in this conference did not upgrade and level up at all. So the playing field is still very even as far as I'm concerned. And I think that that's something that um, right now with the Ravens playing at good football at this point at six and two, I think that that's something that they can consider as well. All right. So with that said, Cordell, uh, we are eight games in now. We know that they've added an extra game. And so there are nine games left to be played, but Technically, this is like midseason. So let's start this a little bit early in terms of midseason grades. In terms of offense, what would you give the Ravens currently? Mm. Wow. Um, <laughs> you want me to start? 
Yeah, you can stop. All right, I'll give them a B minus. Uh, I'll give them a B minus, C plus. And I say that because I think that that Steelers game still stings. I'm not going to lie. Those drops were nasty business, and they should have won that football game. And the reason why they didn't win was because the offense just did not show up that day. I think outside of that, I would have probably given them a higher grade. And that's still with an offense that is a work in progress. And yes, I know we're eight games in and you're like, why is it still a work in progress? Because there's still a lot of moving parts and new parts to this offense. And it's going to take time. It's not going to overnight be a success. And that's just what it's going to be. So I do think that um, as bad as the Steelers game was, the Lions game was just as good. So it kind of phased itself out, right? And so when you start looking at the other t- uh, games in terms of body of work, I feel like B minus. Um, you know, this these wide receivers still have to find some time, some ways to get separation at times. Um, the, the turnover situation continues to be a problem for them, even though the turnover in the Cardinals game did get reversed and was considered an incomplete pass. But at the end of the day, you know, they continue to have a turnover issue. And I think that that needs to be worked on. And at times uh, the offensive line play has been a little bit of shape, but shaky, but for the most part, I feel like this group has done well, giving the um, all of the different things that has happened with this offense from this off season until now. So I'll give it a B minus. Yeah. I mean, that's not too bad. I, I, I think I'm gonna give them a C. Um, like you said, it's the, the turnovers for me are a problem. It's almost like every game we're waiting for at least one. You yep. know, that's just not that's not a good feeling. So for the turnovers is an issue for me. Um, the fact that this offense can kind of go to sleep at the drop of a dime is a little worrisome to me as well. Um, the the fact that you really don't have more than two guys really involved in the passing game right now, everybody else is kind of you know, getting in where they fit in at best. Um, offensive line, like you said, has been shaky. This has kind of been a down year for Ronnie Stanley Yes, uh, to, to, to this point in the season. Um, but there are good things. I think Lamar's playing well. I think the yep. running team is waking up. Um, Zay has been a, a pleasant surprise, even though he's kind of quieted down the last couple of weeks. Um I, I, they have shown the capabilities to be explosive. I liked what I saw in Detroit in the Detroit game. I liked uh, the possibilities that I saw in the Steelers game. Um, and and just uh, you think back to that Bengals game. I mean the 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 Browns game as well, where they kind of just jumped out on the Browns immediately uh, with as good as that defense is. So I mean you see how good the offense can be, but the consistency isn't there. I just think on on an average basis they're average now honestly you look into the points of this season they have some good moments they have some bad moments and um the turnovers for me was kind of the difference in me giving them a b minus c plus that's fair to this point and that's fair and that's why i said b minus c plus you know because i do see the potential of how good they can be and they've had that but again like you said the turnovers gotta stop got to stop you got to find more consistency in the passing game um but i do believe that it's there and uh hopefully they can do it on a more consistent basis on the defensive side what would you give them a grade now i started i feel no, like this one should be easy this, yeah this, this is an easier one. 
Okay. This, this is an easier one. Um, I'm I'm gonna give them an A. I, I I have I'm not giving them an A plus just yet, um, because I still think there's room to grow in in this defense. I still think like, and it's not much to nitpick on this defense, but I think the run game at times can be a little shaky. Uh, when 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 it comes to stopping the run, that worries me a little bit as we start to get into the cold weather and the back end of the season. That's definitely something to watch. Um, But overall, I mean, this is a team that can get after the quarterback. They're so unique and they make it look, I did a, a, I was on Kim McCusick friend of the podcast. I was on his podcast the other day where we broke down the defense against the Cardinals. And um, it was just a lot of, and John Harbaugh said this on Monday, they were really vanilla in their looks that they gave them uh, their pre-snap looks. It really, honestly looked like they were coming out in the same defensive uh, formation all game, but they gave you a variety of different uh, things throughout the course of the play. And you never know where the blitz is coming from. And you look at these nickel blitzes that they run. These corners are coming through untouched. Arthur Millette gets there. We saw uh, Kyle Hamilton have three sacks and a half against the Colts. They weren't even looking at him on any of those sacks. So, I mean, the way that they're able to scheme their defense up is, is second to none. I think they're getting high-level production from all three levels. Justin Matabike's playing out of his mind. Uh, I think both of the linebackers, Roquan and Patrick Queen, have had really good years. Geno Stone leads the league in interceptions. Brandon Stevens at a high level. Jadavian Clowney, I mean, the list goes on and on. And that's without guys like Tyus Bowser out there, David Ajabo out there, and Marcus Williams out there. Marlon missed the first couple of games. So I, I, I just think this is arguably the best defense in the NFL, and I think it's scary that I think they could get better. Yeah, I mean, if it's not the best, it's definitely one of the best. And I agree with you that that they've done their part on all three levels. Um, you know, the guys up front have done well. The linebackers have have played their part. And even in the secondary guys that we I don't think we expected to be playing as well. You mentioned on the podcast uh, the last one, I believe that you believe that Brandon Stevens is the best corner on this team right now. And then Geno Stone leading the league in interceptions. I mean, I don't think we saw that coming from either guy and yet it's happened. So um, I definitely think that this defense has been amazing and I think that they could still be better, you know, so I'm also giving them an A, um, but ultimately uh, they have done a phenomenal job in terms of rushing the passer in terms of scheme. They've done a a very good job of containing guys for the most part um, week to week. Special teams. Um, You know, this is one that I'm going to give this a C because while I think that Jordan Stout is having a very good year, the return game to me just needs some work. And I don't know if Devin DuVernay just don't want to do it no more. (laughs) And it's on his Michael Jackson, get somebody else to do it. I don't know if if he just, you know, he just is like, I'm, you know, I'm not really interested. I don't know. Outside of that one long return that we did see from him, um, was it the 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 Lions game that that was? That was a long return that he had. We had a long return in one of these games, either last week or two weeks ago. Outside from that, I just think that you know he's just kind of there. 
You know what I mean? And um, but it, it's unfortunate because I do feel like Jordan Stout has played well. Um, Justin Tucker, while he's still to go, has missed a couple, missed one in Sunday's game. So, you know, I, I he can't keep missing these before people start having conversations about has he lost it? And I don't think that he has, you know, I mean, but also he's been in the league since 2012. That was his rookie season when the Ravens won the Super Bowl. So this is his 11th season. I mean, you know, we have to start being realistic about that. But ultimately, I give this team, uh, this unit, a C. Yeah, um, I'm going to stay in that same world. I'll give them a C minus. I, I just feel like, <laughs> like every week it's something going on with the special teams. Every week. it's. Uh, I mean, we've seen a punt block. We've seen missed field goals. We've seen uh, penalties. We've seen Devin Duvernay, who's an all-pro returner, not look engaged like he wants to really return anything. I mean, every week it's something going on with the special teams. We've talked about the special teams way too much to this point in the season. And so, um, and you mentioned Justin Tucker. I mean, look, he's missed three field goals already this year. All three have been from 50-plus, one for four from 50-plus this year. I mean, that's. That's not Justin Tucker. and That's not the one we know, nope. No, no it's not. And, and you're right. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm ready to question Justin Tucker's greatness or anything like that. Right. Um, I still trust him. I still am willing to send him out there in any type of field goal, game-winning field goal situation, whatever the case may be. Um, but you do got to keep your eye on this situation because – it's not a sure thing right now. It's, it's just not a sure thing when he goes out there. Like you used to think there's, you know, if he goes out, it's a made field goal. It's a guarantee yep. three. You just, you just don't feel that way about him right now. And I, I, I'm going to try to talk to him at some point this week to kind of see what's going on in his mind and how he's feeling uh, to this point in the season. But Jordan Stout, Jordan Stout is having a really good year. I mean, he's got a, a cannon of a leg. Yeah, um, and it's showing he's really uh, been more consistent this year, definitely than he was last year. Um, but yeah, outside of that, it's just it, you're just seeing uncharacteristic things from this special teams group this year. And you're like I said, I, the fact that we've talked about special teams as much as we have to this point in the season isn't a good thing. I agree with you. Um, maybe Sam Cook has uh, helped. Jordan Stout uh, get better. You know, if you learn from one of the best, I feel like, you know, you got to rub off on you at some point. So hopefully this unit can get a little bit better. Uh, In terms of coaching, where do we stand with coaching? Coaching. Coaching, I would say... Uh, Cause it, it, it's, it's some people bringing it, bringing a grade up and it's, you know, it's a couple that's, that's dropping it a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll start. I'll, okay. I'm giving them a B minus because I'm with you. If it, based on average, you know, if I gave them an A, I already had the defense, uh, excuse me, the defense at an A, I had mm-hmm. the offense at a B minus. Um, and then I have special teams at C. I will give the coaching a B minus because like you said, the, the, the units change what they are, but ultimately the defense has definitely elevated what this overall is. Um, I think that at the end of the day, the fact that John Harbaugh is still able to get um, 
his players to hear him out and 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 they're still on the same wavelength when you look around the league at other coaches that just don't that haven't been around long enough that don't have that type of respect um and don't don't have those types of rapports with their players i think it says a lot about um coach harbaugh and i know a lot of people don't love harbs i completely understand sometimes why but ultimately i get i think that harbaugh is still the best coach for this team um I think that Mike McDonald, I don't think he'll be here long and I don't want to speak that into existence, but I mean, I might've just did it anyway, just now, <laughs> but he's been phenomenal. And um, it's hard to, you know, not think that some NFL team is going to want him to be their head coach at some point. Um, special teams, obviously it's been up and down and that could be, that could be fixed. But overall, I think the management of this team and I think Todd Munkin, my favorite thing about this too, Cordell is Todd Munkin sounds accountable like he when he's like oh I heard what Kurt, what Kurt Warner said and he's not wrong and you know we could do this and we could fix that I think that that's what people want people want to hear those types of things as opposed to no we just running you know y'all gonna blame me and, and and this that and the third so accountability also goes a long way um and I think that uh through some adversities early on they've done a good job of weathering the little storms that they've had yeah, I I might have to agree with you on the B minus. B minus seems like the good the good point, you know, a good fair uh, assessment. It can't um, be too low, right? They're six and two. <laughs> ultimately, and I can't. I, I mean, special teams is bringing it down. I'm I'm not. I can't put but so much weight on that. Um, I think obviously defense we gave our grades for defense offense and special teams so going off that b minus seems about fair um i think the coach i think todd munkin for the most part has been good he's had some questionable calls um and tendencies and things like that but like you said i definitely like that he holds you know he speaks he holds himself accountable he's a realist about what's going on um and he's not afraid to to let that be known uh but for what you know, this is a new offense and a lot of mo- a lot of new pieces and some missing at various points. So I, I I do like where they are, understanding they could obviously get better, but consistency is the main thing. Um, we've seen them look good in all phases. I think of the offense at different times, just haven't gotten to see it all come together uh, very often. Defensively, I mean, Mike McDonald is coaching his butt off he is one of the better um coordinators in the league i think in at at end game and adjustments um and that wasn't something that was happening i think early last year when he first came back but he learned quickly and um he knows how to use his personnel to his best and like you said about harbs i i I definitely still believe harbs has their ear they still respect him he has control of that locker room um and I do still believe he's the best coach for this team. I don't, I, I, I just can't picture anybody else on the sideline for the Ravens right now. I, there's right. just nobody else coming to mind. So, um, and for the most part, Harbs has been good. He hasn't been as aggressive as he was in the last few years. Um, and I think he still is an aggressive coach. He still wants to be, um, but he has been, uh, I think, smarter about his aggressive decisions this year i completely agree with that so um fairly good ratings from rita and cordell in regards to the ravens uh midpoint 
part of the season. Um, and it will be interesting to see how they fare in the second half. They do have six of nine games at home, Cordell. So not that that necessarily means anything, because it's not like the Ravens have had like the best home field advantage the last couple of years. But look, who you would much rather be home than away. I, I, that's how I see it. And they, you know, were away for essentially a month and, and then went to London and was there for almost a week. So um, hopefully they can get something going and we can improve our grades from B minus to A minus as they turn their way towards uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, on our next episode, we will be talking about the Seattle Seahawks. They will be in town this weekend to play the Ravens. Uh, should be a very interesting matchup. They had a comeback win against the Browns uh, to help the Ravens continue to be in first place. So this should be an exciting matchup. They got uh, Leonard Williams in a trade recently, so I have to assume that he might be playing on Sunday. So this will be fun to talk about in terms of our preview. Uh, we'll tell you what our predictions are on our next episode. We want to thank you all for listening. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.